Hey, what's up, guys? Bill Brower here with FMBA Nation. Today, I wanted to talk to you and tell you a little bit about Anchor. It is the podcast platform that we use here for FMBA Nation, and it is probably the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Secondly, there's tons of creation tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also help you with the distribution of your podcast so it can be heard on different types of platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything that you need to make a podcast and more all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to www.anchor.fm to get started. All right, so this is Bill Brower. Uh, we are live from the Serve Pro Studios here in Rawway, New Jersey, and I'm being joined by Chief John Roger of the Rawway Police Department. He's the chief of the police department. We've got Chief Dave Hart, who is the police chief of the Linden Police Department. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for taking a couple minutes out of your day to join me today. And uh, what we're going to talk about is uh, something that has uh, become an epidemic, so to speak, uh, in the first responder community, and that is safe uh, fireground operations for the men and women of law enforcement community. And it's important that uh, we deliver this message to both the men and women of the police departments in our communities uh, across the country, as well as the uh, fire personnel, so that we can collaborate and uh, really put a safety message out there to inform and educate the uh, law enforcement officers on what to do and what not to do when they're responding to a fire scene. Um, so, Chiefs, uh, first off, thank you again for joining me today. Um, give me some insights, some of your experiences, what you've come across, and uh, what you're telling your men and women out there uh, when they do respond to uh, a fire incident. So, for me, this really started with a, a fire about three years ago in Rawway on Patterson Street. Uh, where a police officer came across it. He was going to, of all places, Dunkin' Donuts. He mm -hmm. was the end of his shift. He was going in to do his reports. I hope he's going to get a Boston cream. <laughs> so, um, he, he stopped for uh, a cup of coffee out of his district on the Dunkin' Donuts on the complete other side of Broadway. Okay. Um, came across a roaring fire. Um, he's a Spanish-speaking officer with a thick accent. Very excited. Calls out, you know, there's a fire. Um Really, really fortunate because the dispatcher looked up at the GPS mm -hmm. and saw that he wasn't in his district, that he was on a complete other side of town. Wow. If it wasn't for that, he would not have survived that fire. Um, he made the decision. The upstairs tenant came down and said, Mrs. So-and-so was in the, the downstairs apartment. Mm -hmm. He made the decision to go in. Uh, and, and that's a really, really tough decision. That's kind of what we're here about mm -hmm. is as chiefs, we would love to be able to say, don't ever go in. But doing it, our whole careers, like the three of us have, uh, you know, it happens. You know, you get to a scene, someone's screaming, my baby's in there. Uh, as much as a bad decision that it could be, um, it's something that you can't not decide to do either. It's human nature. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's really, really tough decision. Um, he decided to go in, and within 30 seconds, he was unconscious. Mm -hmm. um, and and we do have some video available of it. The I was there when they brought him out of the house, and I thought... For sure, he didn't survive, mm -hmm. and it ended up he had ended up in the burn center. 
um, severe lung damage, and he's not on disability now. Yeah. The great part of the story is he's alive. He's alive. That's most um, important. But what came out of it, and as we started to talk about it, is there's no training available that we've been able to find mm-hmm. giving guidance, hey, this is what you guys should do. Mm-hmm. And that's why we've, we've come to the FMBA to partner with you guys to try and, and put something together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, it's important information that needs to get out there. Uh, I think it happens far too often. You see in the newspaper each and every day. You see on the news channel each and every day, you know, a fire uh, breaks out. And uh, most of the times it's the police officers that are on scene first. They're out on the roads. They're driving around doing their doing their uh, patrols. And, uh, you know, they hear it come across and, and, and they get there first. So it's uh, it's definitely life-saving information that we have here that we can we can share uh, in the community and really help somebody potentially uh, prevent a tragedy from taking place. And I think we both acknowledge, and every chief we've talked to will acknowledge, that ideally we would never do it. Mm-hmm. We understand that. Mm-hmm. All we're trying to do is, but if you have to, if you have no other choice, this is the safest way to do it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking for. Do you, do, you have, um, do you guys have any SOPs in your departments about uh, responding to fire emergencies, anything like that? Uh, we do not, uh, as Chief Rogers has mentioned, uh, we have informal training over the years mm-hmm. in the police academy as a recruit. Uh, moving forward, you know, you learn the job by a veteran telling you this is what you do and don't do. But there's really no, we don't believe, and my department does not have one of standard SOP, standard procedure. So that's why we came to your the FMBA today mm-hmm. to try to uh, make a presentation so it would make it mandated training for all police officers in Union County with the eventual hope uh, make this a statewide mandated training. It will save officers' lives. Uh, there's do's and don'ts of uh, when you respond to a scene, when you arrive at a scene, what you should and shouldn't be doing, what you shouldn't uh, be looking for, mm-hmm. uh, sight scene size up. And then as we uh, move forward with this video, uh, we hope to get the message out about officer safety and how to act at a fire scene. Yeah, and for those uh, watching and listening, um, you know, we're, we're currently uh, putting together a video presentation that will do just that, that'll uh, kind of highlight the do's and don'ts and go into some of the specifics as why you shouldn't, uh, why you should, and uh, some of the fire science. You know, over the past 30 years, uh, building construction, materials used in buildings has changed, and uh, the, the types of fires that are now raging grow faster, grow, grow uh, bigger, and uh, the superheated gases that are output by these um, these materials that are burning are so toxic that one breath, as you alluded to before with the uh, officer, he went unconscious in, within 30 seconds uh, being inside that, that uh, unsustainable conditions, the, uh, the, the gases and whatnot can, can literally kill you on one breath. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty uh, severe, and I think that uh, this education, what we can put together together, uh, will definitely help uh, prevent uh, tragedy from taking place here. And, um, you know, hopefully we can spread that message across the country, you know, not just here in Union County, but, you know, start out in Union County, then get it into the state. You were talking about before earlier uh, trying to get this mandated as part of the educational platform. Can you talk about that a little bit, about what your vision is or where you'd like to see this go? Sure. We, we have a mutual goal in our, our education committee is to address the lack of training for police officers in this. Um, you know, there's no clear do's and don'ts on, on what to do for as a police officer when you get to a fire scene. And that's one of the things we're trying to clear up. And we, like I said, we fully intend to emphasize it should be a last resort move. Mm-hmm. But in the Rawway case, one of the things that we found was, you know, because the police officer doesn't have the training that you guys have in, in the firefighting, he vented the fire when he went in. 
which causes it to, you know, get 10 times worse in sure. seconds. Mm -hmm. um, and if he knew to close the door behind him, it's counterintuitive for a police officer to go into a fire and say, well, let me close the door behind mm -hmm. me. If he did that, could have been a different outcome. If he waited for a second officer, you know, if there's two officers there, what happened in this case, he tried to pick her up this way mm -hmm. and carry her out. And she was, you know, longer woman. She wasn't very heavy, but she was long. Mm -hmm. And uh, collapsed on the floor, her on top of him. And that was it. That's it, yeah. Um, if he had two officers and they would have properly carried her out, I would, I would have done in retro, it's easy to be a Monday morning sure. quarterback, mm -hmm. get her under the shoulders and drag her out. He made he made it made out a lot a lot simpler. Yeah, staying um, low is, is is a huge uh, a huge key uh, in these types of environments when you're inside of a burning building, um, and you've got all this heat and gases overhead. Uh, you know, staying low is critical and crucial to survival. Uh, you know, as firefighters, we go in with our SCBAs on, so we're on air going into the building. We should be on air anyway. There's still, you know, some uh, some guys that uh, don't don't follow that, uh, and I hope that. You know, we're changing the culture in the fire service here with some of these new uh, things coming out about cancer and, and uh, the, the detriments of not wearing our CBA. But anyway, not to digress, um, you know, staying low in that instant in that instance is, is key. Um, you know, it buys you that extra 10, 15 seconds that you need to, uh, to make that rescue or to, to get yourself out and, and, and really uh, make a difference in the outcome. And we'd love for this to be the model for the state. You know, we're going to start countywide, uh, and the Union County Police Chiefs completely endorse this project. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to give the basic tools to the officers. It doesn't exist right now. I've searched all over the country, all over the Internet. I can't find anything that says, besides people who say, don't ever go in. Um, if you have to, this is what you should do. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of what our goal is, and we'd love to be able to take this project, take it to the State uh, Police Training Commission, and get them to say, yeah, we believe in this, and there should be a, a portion of the police academy that talks about this. That's, mm -hmm. That would be the ultimate goal. Yeah. Also, Bill, uh, I know you're going to probably mention, uh, also besides entering a fire building, we want to talk about when you're responding and pulling up as a police yeah. officer, about sizing up the fire, uh, getting appropriate resources, confirming there is a fire and or victims, where you place your police vehicle. Mm -hmm. I knew uh, you were going to say that. It seems like <laughs> common sense sometimes, even myself, at the 33 years we pull up at jobs, you should be sizing up as you're arriving regardless of the job. But at a fire scene, not blocking uh, a fire hydrant, not pulling up in front of the fire building, uh, not blocking the street, not leaving a vehicle unattended, blocking the street. There's a lot of things that seem like common sense sometimes, but when you get, we all get in that moment uh, of a fire, uh, even a police officer, seasoned veteran, uh, may be doing some basic things they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just about to bring that up and, and throw a little humor in it as to why do police officers always decide to park in front of the fire building. As firefighters, that's uh, like our biggest pet peeve when responding to a fire is uh, making sure we let dispatch know that if there's any PD on scene to make sure they're not in front of the building, not in front of a uh, fire hydrant. I actually uh, responded to a uh, call a couple weeks ago and it was a, a simple alarm. It was gas inside of a building, but uh, there was some police officers on scene and where were they parked was directly in front of the fire building, which even on a, that type of emergency, a gas emergency, we try not to park in front of the building because God forbid that thing goes and explodes. Uh, you're you're in within the firing range of any kind of objects, projectiles coming out at you, you know, being in harm's way. But, uh, you know, th that stuff is, is critical. I think that's the most important role that uh, police officers can really uh, play in a fire emergency is 
Forget about the rescue. Forget about somebody being trapped. You know, give us the information we need that's going to help us make our decisions, um, our strategies and tactics on how we're going to position our apparatus, where we're going to place the apparatus, uh, what um, tactics or what actions we're going to take when we arrive on scene. Uh, those types of things that the incident commander especially uh, is, is critical information for him. And um, I think it's crucial. I think, uh, you know, maintaining awareness of where you are, not getting tunnel vision, not trying to be uh, a hero in that situation is really key and can have a positive outcome for everybody involved in the situation. So. Right, just re like as we said, just responding uh, to really any any emergency. A police officer responding to a fire, responding to a car accident, responding to a crime in progress as they're arriving should be doing that size up in their sure. mind. Only takes ten to twenty seconds to mm -hmm. what's going on here, what type of resources I mean right away, and of course, officer safety should always be paramount. Also, well, you know what we found is, uh, and after our incident. Because we had the same problem. That's where he parked, right in front of the house. And then mm -hmm. he's unconscious. Where's his car keys? All those kind of things. Sure. How do you move the car? Mm -hmm. um, is to try and get police officers to think about it like they're responding to a bank alarm. Mm -hmm. Because they know at a bank alarm, you don't pull up right in front of the bank. It's part of their training. Yeah. Um, to think about a fire that way, mm -hmm. you don't want to be right in front. Out of sight, out of mind. Yep. Block the street. Do, you know, don't block the fire engine. But um, to start to think about it that way. Because it is our nature, you're going on a heart attack call, you're going to pull right up in front of the house. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just, you know, the right equipment they run in. they got to think about a fire a little differently. And, and I think handle it more of a tactical approach. If you get that mindset in them, mm -hmm. I, I think that will be helpful. Yeah, another thing too, crowd control. I mean, you know, everybody nowadays has their phones out. They're recording every single possible thing. And, um, you know, I know when I see a car fire on the highway or I see a building fire, I'm driving, you know, somewhere you see smoke, you're immediately gravitating to that like a, a bug to a lamp or something, you know. So, um, you know, crowd control is, is uh, key as well in um, what the role of the law enforcement officer should be at the fire scene is making sure that the bystanders are not getting in the way of the operations of the, the fire department and the emergency control. Um, you know, getting that information from any bystanders, any witnesses, any people that might have exited the house on where the fire started, like you said before, that scene size up. Uh, if there's anyone still in the building, um, you know, what they saw, if they were able to uh, see where the, you know, where the fire started or anything like that is, is critical. And also, uh, once the scene uh, size up is completed and fire is arriving, we have the perimeter set up. Also, we having a police officer report to the command post, mm -hmm. so the fire incident commander, uh, seeing what other resources are needed from the police department. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, uh, that's important because we're all on the same team, you know, and and, and historically there's always been some, um, you know, territorial issues, and we need to knock that down because mm -hmm. we're all on the same team and we need to work together. And it's not about who's going in to rescue who. Um, like I've said several times, we don't want to do that, uh, but we understand that sometimes it's necessary. And, uh, and building that teamwork is something we really all need to work on. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think in my, in my time, I'm still kind of young and when it comes to the police and fire service. I uh, just started my ninth year, but uh, I think over the past uh, nine years that I've experienced this, the uh, relationship has definitely gotten better. That partnership, that teamwork, uh, that camaraderie has uh, grown. And I'm not sure what to really attribute it to, but... Um, I think less and less we're seeing uh, the days of, you know, well, I'm the police officer, I'm the firefighter, this is my, you know, show, not your show type of deal. I think it's 
it's uh, going away. So I'll, I'll I, I, I definitely agree, mm -hmm. and it has to do with the transitions mm -hmm. because I have ten new officers in the last twelve months. That's a big percentage of my it's one eighth of my police department, um, and we find that the younger officers don't have those um, those comp competitive tendencies that you know we saw back in the day because Dave and I have both been around over thirty years. Mm -hmm. You know, even though Dave's older than me. Um, <laughs> Post 9-11, too, we see more yeah. cooperation, yeah. more information 100%. sharing, not just at the local level, the state, county, state, and federal level, too, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I agree, territorial uh, adversary, uh, about territory is really minimal today, at least in Union County. I can speak for myself. We, we get around the county. I know many of the, obviously, you know, all the police chiefs, fire chiefs, and uh, people affiliated with EMS with the Union County, we work very well together. So we want this video to be a uh, cooperative effort by police and fire from the FMBA and the state, uh, excuse me, the County Chiefs Association mm -hmm. uh, to highlight these dangers that a fire is seen and to make it an awareness and a cooperative, in a cooperative manner, an aware, fire awareness uh, safety for officers. Yeah. Um, well, gentlemen, I, uh, I really appreciate you taking a couple minutes to sit down and chat about this. Um, I really am looking forward to getting this project uh, completed and getting the uh, education and the message out. And uh, like I said before a couple times, I, I really hope that this prevents a tragedy uh, from taking place and that uh, this can spread uh, you know, across the state, across the country. And uh, thanks again for coming in. Thank you. I'd like to thank the state FMBA. Thank you very much. Oh. No, this is uh, our pleasure. Like we said, we got to work together as a team. And the uh, Union County Police Juice Association, you guys uh, came to us with this, so we appreciate the uh, the initiative on your end to uh, kind of spearhead this and get this uh, to get this thing going. So much appreciated on both ends. Thank you. Thank you.